exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's The Drive with Rob and Roz. Jacaranda FM. It's The Drive with Rob and Roz, and we are firmly into the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. It is an international campaign that happens every year, and we are chatting to Natasha Sutherland and Lissedi Job, who are involved in the film That's What She Said. We're going to get into how you guys are involved in it in a bit later but thank you very much for joining us thank you for having us thank you it's a pleasure to be here um the movie is obviously based on a theater production which roz has seen and so on just give us a quick bit of background so that if i don't know i've never heard of it um what it's all about um so basically uh tracy going wrote a memoir brutal legacy in 2018 I then approached Natasha and asked her to please come on board as playwright so that we could adapt the book into a stage production, which I then directed. And the documentary is taking a group of men and having them engage in the conversation about GBV by having them as audience members of the play, the theater production, Brutal Legacy, and then having a conversation with them. So how Did it feel to kind of go back into this content after you did the play and now we're making it for a different medium? How was that process for both of you, Natasha? Um, I think it it felt quite organic. I think because when Sadie and I worked on the project, it was very collaborative. Um, So it it was a piece that was uh, so rooted in us. Um, It was kind of there. And our relationship and dynamic with Tracy... Um, was always very present. So obviously COVID sort of put a stop to theatre and during that time we discussed um, ways in which we'd like the documentary to unfold. And uh, so it was, a, it was a very natural process. In fact, I feel because we were so entrenched in the memoir and in the play that doing the documentary, um, everything sort of helped and coincided not to say that it wasn't it, it was it, it was a piece that had um difficulties but um yeah it just seemed to come naturally and i just love the fact that it was it was a memoir and then a play and now it's become a documentary um i come from a storytelling family so i love this idea of a story gives birth to a story gives mm. birth to a story and i think that's how um as creators we we operate best you did mention that it was a bit difficult and actually thinking about working with content like this, it's got to be hard. It's got to be, I mean, it's Tracy's story, but it's the story of so many women that have experienced GBV, whether it's to this level or not. It's got to kind of, for you as a creator, it's got to kind of have a little bit of kind of trauma attached to it as well. Absolutely. I mean, I was when you when when I reflect on the creation of even just the play, I remember having moments where I would be sitting and the tears would just run down my face as we're creating the work because there was this thing at the back of my head that I just kept going, how could somebody do this to a person, you know, but I, I, you know, I also think that there's a lot of and this is a Some of the stuff that the play, as well as the documentary, touches on the patriarchy, toxic masculinity, your experiences as a woman, you know. So I think as a woman, when you engage with this kind of content on in some way, shape or form, you will be triggered in in, in one way or another. Yeah, I find it so that when you say the phrase GBV, gender based violence, you know, a couple of obvious examples come to mind, but it's such a. 
broad and insidious topic and it creeps into lives and into families and into homes in the way people often don't think about it in terms of the, you know, violent kind of way. Um, and there's so much to unpack there. How did you feel after having done the theater performance and then being able to show it to a bunch of men and watch their reactions? Like, what did that bring out in terms of the project? I think, and, and this is maybe the, the starting point of the documentary, the very first performance of Brutal Legacy in 2019, we had a Q&A after the show, and there were men in the audience. One of them spoke up about being a victim himself of... Um, of having been in an abusive relationship, some of the men got up and they wanted to beat the perpetrator. And we thought, sure, this is fantastic. You wanting to get up and beat the perpetrator. But we kind of also went, you're responding to violence with violence. Is this a masculine thing? Is this a societal thing? And I guess it sparks interest. And, and you know, engaging with it, I I remember I would watch the, the lead, uh, the male character and I would always sit there and go, are there men watching this? And even if they didn't abuse their partner, but as you watch the the, the journey or the, the d- different steps of this relationship, are men watching and saying, I've done this before. I've had this. You know, um, they, they, there's a part in the relationship about an ex-girlfriend who he shouts at and says, she's crazy. How many men have identified their exes as the crazy ones? And have they gone to that place that interrogates how she got to crazy, maybe? Is it their part? Did she start off that way? You know, so, yeah, that's what the experience was like um, with the theater production. And I think became the, the, the base or the jumping board for then the documentary. Yeah, when I say things happen organically, also for me, and I've said this before, because um, I also acted in the play as the older Tracy. <laughs> I was cast as the older Tracy. Um, I remember sitting in the wings often at night waiting for the music to start and you would hear the chatter of the audience and you'd hear that it was men and women. And I'd often wonder what men would feel watching a production where the antagonist, the perpetrator is, in this case, you know, is male. Um, I often wondered if it, if it would offend them, intrigue them, trigger them, if it would want them to investigate self more or, you know, pull down the blinds more. And I think between all of us putting all those essences together of what the play meant to us, that's kind of why we decided to go with the trajectory of the docky that we did. I think as well, something that you brought up is is men kind of watching it and going, have I done this? Have I been in this situation? But I think the broader conversation that it also unlocks is if I am not doing it, but I'm watching someone, a friend or my dad or whoever, an acquaintance treating his partner in this way, how responsible am I to approach him and go, that is not what you do? Yeah, you know, am am I am I complicit? Yes. Um, and look, I think these are the, these are, this is what then then inspired us in terms of creating the documentary because we can't actually answer these questions for men. And I think what I know I became aware of is as the conversation grows, and you know, in twenty twenty one we declare GBV the pandemic. Uh, we declare GBV as a pandemic in the country you're very clearly identifying men as perpetrator or complicit. And once you do that, somebody becomes quiet and there's something behind that. Do you pull away? How do you engage in the conversation? 
So this is what the documentary was about to say, we've, we've, we have this conversation, we have the pandemic, what is the male voice? Where are they at in relation to the conversation around GBV and creating a platform and a space for them to engage then in that conversation? And in, sorry, in addition to men being either perpetrator or victim, it also came across um, from the panel that there are men who are victims, who were and are, are victims. And I think that was also something to note. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that a man will be a victim, but you're not going to hear him say so. You know, and that's also not helpful. The entire culture isn't helpful. I remember reading a stat um, around the World Cup time. Uh, the soccer World Cup that recently happened. And it said, every time England play, gender-based violence goes up reporting-wise that weekend, regardless of whether or not they win or lose. So the result is not the outcome. It's the sheer action thereof that enables this environment. And those environments are enabled everywhere. They're enabled in WhatsApp group chats and Mm -hmm. at the office where, you know, the three guys who are tight mates talking about the female staff in a certain way. And it's at schools and it's, it's important for these things to be brought up so that you can have these situations where men can look at the story and go, is any of this me? Is any of this the relationships that I've experienced? Is this the home I grew up in? Is this how I see someone I know with their partner? Is this someone else I know's life? And how can we facilitate conversations within that space? Mm, absolutely. I Sorry. Um, and also, just generally, I think as humanity... Um, it's something that we have to look at and answer. I had a beautiful conversation with a, a work colleague today who um, he said he was watching the Mnet catch up on his iPad. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful man, uh, father of of girls and great energy. And he just was so beautiful in terms of uh, talking about the visceral response he had to watching the docky. He said he felt very restless, but totally engaged like he said even when, when he he had to make something to eat he would take the ipad to the kitchen like he had this weird sort of thing within him where he he wanted to, to run but he also so badly wanted to listen and he said the docky left him wanting to know more because you know that panel discussion we had based off their reaction to tracy's story um we didn't uh, lead them in any way. We literally put them in the room with two facilitators, amazing facilitators. And uh, what you see in the docky, the, the the themes that we captured were essentially led by them, looking very much at um, construct, at society, that sort of thing. Um, and I, yeah, I found that very interesting. So the release of the film is not kind of following a traditional way of okay it's going to be at that cinema and you can go and buy your tickets and watch it explain to us how it works and also why you chose to do it that way well i guess you know it it's it's difficult content right and for will people necessarily go out to the cinema and go and watch a documentary about gender-based violence we've also experienced this with the theater production we didn't sell tickets the play was out there, there was marketing done, but very few people came to watch the theater production. It's triggering, it's unsettling. People know that the conversation is there, know that we have an issue, but find it difficult to engage. But if you sit at home, you have time to pause, you can walk away a little bit. You know, is it is it maybe the the more responsible way of handling it? But also we Put it out during 16 days of activism. And also one of the things that we are trying to do is to get 
corporate companies to sponsor screening. How do you engage with this? You can, over the 16 days of activism or even next year, host a screening, put it out there, possibly the intimacy of screening something in the comfort of home or in office is not as, I don't know, jarring or unsettling as walking out there and going to watch it. You've you've got a very clear premise that this is what I'm about to engage mm. with, you know. Um, yeah, so that was the that was the thinking behind how we're releasing it over 16 days of activism on MNET and then also streaming on Showmax. Where can people get in touch if they want to organize a screening? We have the email address. <laughs> yeah, Gravel Road are our distributors and they're the ones who are handling the um, impact screenings. We're hoping, as Lissetti said, for corporates, the corporate sector to help come on board um, as well as any societies who feel they need it. Uh, as much like we did it for the Saki Bartman Center once in Cape Town, but we're also really hoping that it's a documentary that people can sponsor to be shown at rehabilitation centers because um, it's 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 for female empowerment. It's it's for the empowerment of humanity, really. And of course, it's uncomfortable viewing, and it takes brave people to watch it. But I believe we are a race of very, you know, we're a, a country of very very brave people. So now, I feel like it's something community groups and church groups and so on could take on as well, and mm. at least have discussions around and so on. Absolutely. Um, if if uh, any organisation would like to book a screening, either in a cinema. Or at their own premises, they can go to the website uh, www.gravelroadafrica.com forward slash TWSS or contact Matthew at gravelroadafrica.com or Diane at gravelroadafrica.com. We'll put all of those details up on the website as well as the entire conversation if you want to go and listen back to the podcast. Um, thank you so much for doing what you do. It's such an important message. Um, I must admit the concept of 16 days really irritates me because it's a fight that you know deserves much more conversation and visibility than just a couple of weeks a year, and I know a lot of people feel like that. But thank you for bringing it to everyone's attention. Thank you for putting it out there. It's, it's a, a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Exclusive to Jacaranda FM. It's the drive with Rob and Ross. Jacaranda FM.